Happy Thursday or Friday, and welcome to the Draft Nut Podcast. It's Jared Feinberg and Devin Jackson of BlueChipScouting.com, and we are your hosts for today's episode. So, Devin, yesterday, I learned how to ride a skateboard for the first time ever. As you can see, I'm still alive. That's good. Uh, I would not do that. Ever again. Um, Last time I (laughs) rode a skateboard, I was like 13 or 14 years old. So I don't, I can't imagine myself so, riding it now. So here, here's how it went. I like, I met one of my friends over at, um, at, um, my local mall, the Asheville mall, um, went on one of the parking lots, one of the empty parking lot decks and, um, and we just like skated all over. She taught me how to skate and whatnot. Um, you know, like I was able to get a good hang of it. Um, I think the board was a little too small for me. Um, but, you know, I kind of was able to balance out, know, like, how to really get in a good groove. And, you know, like, when you get in a good, like, long ride, like, it's just so peaceful. But my hip is really sore this morning from, like, kind of, like, tripping over, falling over and whatnot. I, I'm surprised I don't have a lot of scrapes or bruises or anything like that. I just probably pulled something in my hip. So, um yeah, that's from just doing too much too early um, when learning how to ride a skateboard. So probably no gym for me for the rest of the week until my hip um, gets better. So I don't want to do anything else to it. Um, but, you know, I had a good time last night. It, it was good um, learning how to skateboard, hanging out with a friend. So um, it was good. Um, don't worry, folks. I, I did wear a mask. I was... Good hygiene, good everything, and everything went great. No problems. I was safe when we went out to dinner and whatnot, so we're all good. Before we dive into previewing this weekend's divisional round in the NFL, um, Devin, who are some prospects that you have gotten to watch so far this week? Um, I haven't gotten the chance to watch Justin Fields um, like I was going to the other day, but I'm hoping to get to him either tonight or Thursday night, along with Caleb Farley and Patrick Sertan. So I guess this is just me just waiting out to see if the championship game all 22 comes out. I know you have access to it, but for me and yeah. uh, some of our other colleagues, we don't have it yet. So who are some of the prospects you were able to watch uh, besides Fields from the championship game? Yeah, I was going to say I watched Fields and, and you know, highlight some of his, his good throws, some of his decision making. Uh, but if you guys want to take a look at that, just go follow my Twitter. Um, but some of the other prospects I've been watching, uh, it's, it's kind of been a, a wide variety of guys. Uh, took a look a little bit this morning, right before we hopped on the call, I was watching Quiddy Pay, uh, watching, uh, the Penn State game. And, uh, he had just come back off his injury. He was injured for a couple games this season. Um, dealing with some uh, nagging injuries. Uh, he looked pretty good. You know, he's not going to be the guy. And to me, he kind of reminds me of Brian Burns and the fact that he's not going to get there, but he still disrupts plays, right? So he has a ton of pressures. He leads, he, I think he's one of the leaders in FBS this season in pressures and just a small amount of games he played. I think he only played three or four games this season. Had an enormous amount of pressures. Only had two sacks, and those were both against Minnesota. Uh, but, man, he uses his hands well. Um, I would like to see him be a little bit better in the run game. I found that he, he struggled a little bit, especially against double teams, uh, you know, splitting them and, and not getting moved back. 
Um, and this is just off my initial viewing, just the Penn State game alone. Uh, and like I say, you, you had to keep that in context. He was dealing with the injury coming off of that, so he didn't look 100%. But, you know, in the past game, he, he finds a way to get to the quarterback, and that's what you want in the edge rusher. Um, so I'll watch a little bit more of him today uh, as uh, we can as we continue to move along in the process. But someone else I watch, uh, a guy that hasn't really been talked about too, too much, um, but uh, someone that I like coming into the season, uh, defensive back Bryce Thompson out of Tennessee. Uh, so coming into the season, uh, I thought he, he would be someone that could maybe make a jump, uh, could, could maybe get in, in some of the earlier rounds. I don't think he did enough to do that this season, but there are some flashes. Uh, so he has a bit of uh, some off-field issues uh, that he dealt with a couple seasons ago, uh, was suspended off the team uh, for about half the season, or I won't say half the season, like three or four games. Um so that, that is a bit of a concern, but he did he did declare a few weeks ago, and he was supposed to be making the transition to safety this year, um, just based on the talent that Tennessee had coming in. But it didn't end up being that way. He ended up still playing a ton of corner, and uh, I, I did some research on him last night and, and to kind of get a breakdown of the number of snaps he played per position. So uh, like. For instance, he played free safety 47 snaps this season, and that's that was mainly at the beginning of the season, uh, and they were still kind of moving him around, transitioning him. But with his ball skills, they decided to move him back to wide corner, so he, he played a majority of his snaps there. Played 52 snaps at slot corner, uh, box. He played in the box as well. So he's kind of one of those guys that uh, I don't know exactly what position he's going to play at the next level. Uh, he has some traits to play corner, but he's only 5'11". Not exactly the biggest guy. Uh, I don't think he's really that dynamic athlete either, uh, but he is instinctual. Uh, he's physical, someone that will get in your face, someone that's willing to make a tackle. Uh, and right now, uh, just based on my initial viewings of him this season, I think he's probably a fourth or fifth round prospect at this point. He does provide a lot of upside. Like I said, he can play inside the box. Uh, he's willing to make tackles in a run game, uh, can diagnose screens, um, and then also play a bit of slot corner. So I think maybe he may have that kind of jack-of-all-trades role where he just kind of fits in where you need him to. Uh, I think he has some skills to translate to be a slot corner at the next level. Uh, there are some reps he had against like Kyle Pitts, uh, Kadarius Toney. Um, he had a little bit of struggle guarding Tony. Most player, most DBs did this season. Uh, can't ne- necessarily match the speed uh, in terms of uh, in the slot. So uh, we'll see kind of what happens with him. But he's definitely a guy that teams put that like he played the he got all the best receivers and weapons in the SEC this season. And uh, he felt he fared well, fared relatively well. Now for the Georgia and Tennessee game, Stetson Bennett was still starting in that one. So I don't really count it too, too much because if it was JT Daniels, he definitely would have been going, uh, trying to throw the ball to Pickens a little bit more. Uh, Bennett was not that type of guy. He's basically just run the offense as it is. Uh, while JT Daniels is someone that's going to throw the ball down the field. So I, I, I wish I would have saw him get tested a little bit more against Pickens. Uh, Kyle Pitts, he held his own. Uh, the thing with that game though was Kyle Pitts just kept getting open and open and I, I just didn't understand it. There were like four or five plays where he, no one even touched him. He just got off a free release and just went down the field, which is just a mistake. But 
kind of in conclusion and watching Bryce Thompson, uh, I think he's someone that people won't really get to know till later in the draft uh, cycle, probably after the combine. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if people start uh, hearing his name a little bit more, but uh, I really like him. Uh, like I said, coming into the season, he's someone that I highlighted to have a big season. Didn't necessarily do that, but he did have two interceptions on the season, had a pick six against Vanderbilt. Uh, and overall, I, I like his game. I think he's one of those guys that you can, you're not just getting just a straight up corner. You know, you're getting someone that can play a little bit in the box, a little bit slot corner. So he's a bit versatile in that aspect. But I like what I saw from him. And uh, right now, probably a fourth or fifth round grading on him. Those are guys that um, I probably won't be getting into, into like probably later into the process. Um, Bryce Thompson is someone that's probably way down on my watch list right now as I'm starting to do player evaluations on some of the top prospects, some of the more well-known prospects. Um, just trying, and also you got the senior bowl coming up. You got uh, the NFL scouting combine, which is kind of in question at the moment, but we'll be finding out hopefully maybe within the next couple of days about whether or not it's still a go. Um, but there's a lot of unknown for the scouting combine. And to mention that, um, teams like the Carolina Panthers and the Miami Dolphins, two teams that are going to be coaching um, at the Senior Bowl, um, that's a huge advantage for them to get a good understanding of who they have or who they're coaching at the Senior Bowl. Like, they may have some answers to their roster um on on their teams at the senior bowl. So that's going to be crucial. Um, but, you know, I probably won't be getting into some of the more lesser known prospects, some of the more um, unknown guys that will be known probably as pro days happen, if they happen, or as the draft process goes along into April and once everyone's boards are starting to get finalized, that's probably when I'll be able to watch these guys. But, you know, uh, Fields is someone that I'm, Really excited to do my evaluation on. Um, I've caught him a uh, more uh, hmm, what's a good word for it? A more a less raw Cam Newton, a more accurate Cam Newton coming out of college. You know, Cam Newton coming out of Auburn, he was he had the arm talent, the size, the the running ability that. Everyone was like, oh, my God, this is an incredible football player. This is a guy that's going to go number one overall to the Carolina Panthers. And Newton's had a great career and in all for a good retrospect. You know, like he didn't have the weapons he wanted to early on in his career. Yes, he did have Steve Smith, but he basically had Greg Olson for most of his career as his number one weapon. Um, probably not until his last couple of years, but Justin Fields reminds me so much of him because of his play style, because of his arm, and he's more flawless with his, or he doesn't make as many mistakes with his footwork and mechanics as Cam Newton has done throughout his career. Um, he's a lot more accurate than Cam Newton coming out of college, and honestly, he might be, a, he's definitely, I think he's definitely a better prospect than Newton coming out. Um, I, I don't think that's, um, I don't think that's, a bad thing to say, honestly. Um, when you look at both Newton and Fields as a prospect, there's so many field, so many things that Fields has done well that Cam Newton struggled with in college. So, you know, I think Fields will have a much bigger impact early on in the league than Newton did. Well, kind of wrong there. I think Newton did have a spectacular rookie year. 
threw for 4,000 yards, uh, ran for 14 touchdowns. You know, he had a great year that year, but I think Fields long term, I think he has a better chance of having a more successful career potentially than Cam Newton, in my opinion. This is coming from the biggest Cam Newton fan on the planet. <laughs> I'm not trying to brag, but you know, if you see my Twitter page, you, you'll know I'm one of his bigger fans, one of his biggest supporters, defenders, and whatnot. So I'm really excited to get into Fields' tape. I'm excited to get into Caleb Farley and Patrick Sertan's tape um, when I'm able to. So excited about those guys. All right, let's get into this weekend's games. Let's start out with the sixth seed L.A. Rams at number one Green Bay Packers. I think this will be a closer game than people expect it to be. The defense, the Rams defense overall is arguably the best in the NFL right now. Um, and you know what, you know what they say. Defense wins championships. But I think the Packers have, I think the Packers defense has a good enough pass rush and defense overall to put Jared Goff into, into some tough situations as the game goes along. Um, Plus, it's going to be freezing around game time. I think it was supposed to be like 30-something degrees during game um, once kickoff happens, and then it was supposed to dive into the 20s um, as the game went on but or as the game goes on. I wouldn't be surprised if Green Bay lost this game because especially if the Rams continue to play excellent defense like they have for um, all season long. Um, they run the ball well. With uh, Cam Akers, um, they give more touches to Cam Akers. The dude is so good. Give him touches. Give him as many touches as you can. And also let Goff thrive off play action. Like, that's his thing. He does so well in play action when he's when guys are getting schemed open and whatnot. I think that's um, good for him. Um, but I have the Packers winning this one in a close game. Uh, I just think Aaron Rodgers is going to do just – Incredible MVP stuff like we've seen all season. Um, and Mike Penton's defense will make enough plays to get the job done. So Packers, close win over the Rams. Who do you got? Uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm still kind of debating back and forth. Uh, for me, I think the Rams are the worst matchup the Packers could have gotten. Um, because they, I just don't feel like they match up well necessarily. And you got to take into account, uh, I think, which Packers offensive lineman is out? Is it uh, um, David Bakiardi? Bakiardi. Some, yeah. How, however you say yeah. his last name. Yeah, he's out. Um, for me, I just worry that the Packers, the uh, receivers outside Devontae Adams won't get separation. And if Aaron Rodgers has to hold on to the ball an extra second or two, Aaron Donald is breathing down your neck, man. Uh, so I'm a little bit worried about the Packers. Also, they're one of the worst run defenses in the NFL, and we know how well the Rams won, run the run the ball in their wide zone scheme. Um, and Cam Akers, man, he's coming into his own. I think the Rams were kind of dialing back some of the snaps, so when playoff time did come, he was ready and healthy, and, and he definitely showed that last week against the Seahawks. Um, I'm going to take the Packers as well. I'm not super confident in this pick, though. I think the Rams could very well upset the Packers, and I would not be surprised about it at all. Um, so I, I got the Packers winning like 20 to 17. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game at all. I'm with you there. Um, you know, it could, it's going to be close, low-scoring. Um, it wouldn't shock either of us if um, the Rams end up winning and 
going to the NFC Championship um, for the first time in a couple of years. You know, it what what Sean McVay and what Brandon Staley have done with this Rams roster um, has has been very very impressive. Um, I didn't expect them to be a good football team this year, um, but I totally forgot the fact that you know. They still have good weapons. Jared Goff can get hot at any moment, honestly. Um, their defense has Aaron Donald, uh, Jalen Ramsey, John Johnson, um, Terrell Burgess, you know, those type of players. Um, their second-level defenders aren't that bad. Um, I guess they got some really underrated corners um, alongside Jalen Ramsey. So it it definitely wouldn't shock us if we see the Rams in the NFC championship next week against either um, the Bucks or, um, or the Saints, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in this game. Um, for all we know, it could end up being like what it was last week with Seattle. Aaron Rodgers just gets completely flustered and he just breaks down under pressure, which rarely happens. And the Rams take over and, dominate the game on defense and they win the game, go on to the NFC championship one win away from being in the Super Bowl again for the first time in a couple years. You know, it, it's kind of crazy. You know, the Rams, they have the talent to get to the Super Bowl, but they have to beat Aaron Rodgers. And I think that's going to be a very tough challenge for him. So um, the both of us got the Rams or not the Rams, both of us got the Packers winning in a close one, low scoring. Let's move on to Ravens bills. This is another home playoff game for Buffalo, and you know this could could be a possibility. They might they may have another home game. You know we don't know what's going to happen with Cleveland and Kansas City, but um, I got Buffalo in this one, and I think it will come down to the wire. Uh, the Ravens might be the hottest team in the NFL right now. Lamar Jackson is playing great football, um, and you know Jackson is coming off having a great game against Ravens, like not as a passer, but just overall, like he put the team on his back and I think he ran for, I think 170 yards and ran for another, um, or threw for another 170 plus yards or something like that, something in that nature. Um, but he put the, he put the team on his back and he let the team to the victory. Um, so, you know, it, Bills are going to have to find a way to stop J.K. Dobbins, who's been playing great football as of late. He's very good. Give him reps in the run game. Make him your feature back. And I think he will be the feature back in Baltimore's um, run game next season, more than likely. Um, but I, I just don't think it's going to be enough for the Ravens to get the job done. Um, the Bills are probably the most well-rounded team in football. Um, so give me Buffalo in this one in a close one. It could end up being a shootout, um, or it could end up being a class classic game or the Ravens come out with an upset or the Bills just absolutely blow out the Ravens and give Lamar Jackson another playoff loss. And he'll be, uh, one and three in with this playoff record. So give me Buffalo in a close one. Yeah, for me, the key to the game, you got to keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket. Um, I just went back and looked through quickly some of the games that 
the Bills played against uh, quarterbacks that are able to get outside of the pocket and, and create on their own with their feet. Uh, they played the Cardinals. They played Cam Newton twice this season. Uh, they did a better job the second time playing Cam Newton and his running ability. First time around, he had like 50-some yards rushing. When he played the Cardinals, Kyler Murray has 60-some yards rushing. So the key is keeping those guys in the pocket. When they beat the Seahawks earlier this season, they held Russell Wilson only to five yards rushing. And he normally doesn't run the ball too, too much. But if he's able to get outside the pocket and, and he's running the ball, that means that their offense is is uh, flowing. So the key is you've got to keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket. I think they'll have a good enough plan to do so. I got the Bills winning as well. Um, I just think that the Ravens defense is going to be on the field too much. Uh, they're not going to be able to hold up on Josh Allen throwing a deep pass because he's going to hit at least one to two in the game. It's just very hard to stop. Uh, that I know it's going to be Marlon Humphrey against Stefan Diggs. It'll be a great matchup, but uh, I really like the chemistry that Allen and Diggs have, and I expect them to connect on another deep pass. And um, I expect them to, to win uh, probably by a, a touchdown. I think it'll be like 27 to 20, the Bills win. Yeah, that's that's definitely fair. And, you know, we could definitely see the Ravens play great defense, shut down Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. They go on to win. You know, it could be the same thing that happened against Tennessee. You know, Ravens playing great defense, having a good run game, shutting down um, their top players, Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, you know. And if Baltimore does the same thing. They shut down Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, and they close off the run game. Ravens got that in the back. But I think the Bills are just too good of a football team, too good of a well-rounded football team from both a roster standpoint and from a coaching standpoint. It, it, just give me Buffalo. I, I, you know, it would be nice to see Lamar Jackson um, continue to try and, you know, go on an upset path and beat Buffalo, go on to beat either Kansas City or Cleveland in the AFC championship. Um, but – you know, got to go Bills here. It's probably the smart choice here. I think a lot of people are going to go with the Bills. Uh, but, again, we got Yeah, I just, I just want to say real quick, uh, you know, about Lamar Jackson. You know, I saw a lot of people trying not to give him credit after the win um, and said that it was like on the defense. I just want to address that real quick because I know that there's a lot of people that still don't like Lamar Jackson for whatever reason and don't believe he's an NFL quarterback. Uh, so everyone that's, you know, still doubting him and saying, you know, he can't win the big games in the playoffs. I think it's time to, to end that talk. Uh, he was the reason they won that game. Um, he wasn't getting too, too much help from his own receivers. So he, he had to create on his own and, and he helped them win that game. So I, I just wanted to say that real quick before, you know, we pass on the Ravens game and the opportunity. Like, you know, I'm, I'm just tired of people trying to discredit him and saying he's not a, a good NFL quarterback because he hasn't won a playoff game, even though Derrick Henry ran crazy on their defense last year. So, Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I think Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback. I just don't think the offense, I think it's time for the offense to be elevated. You know, he needs to show more as a passer. You know, we give him weapons, give him good weapons, give him an offensive court. I, Look, all, all respect to Greg Roman. He's a great offensive coordinator. But it, it, it's time, it, getting tired of the three tight end sets, one running back, get 
fullback running back. No, no. You gotta let Lamar Jackson thrive as a passer for once. Like, give him an offensive coordinator that'll just let him thrive, you know? And, you know, who knows? Joe Brady may decide not to take a head coaching gig, but Greg Roman leaves. And here comes Joe Brady to coach the Baltimore Ravens as offensive coordinator. That would be awesome. That would be fun to see. It's, I'm just blowing stuff out there. But, you know, anything could happen. Anything. You know, who knows? All right. Next game. 60 Cleveland Browns at number one Kansas City Chiefs. I feel like you know what I'm going to say here. But let, let me get to my point. What what happened last week at Pittsburgh was so special for Cleveland, for the Browns organization, beating Pittsburgh on the road to win their first playoff game since the mid-1990s. That's so special for not only that entire fan base, for but for the city of Cleveland that has been wanting their football team to be good. And now they're finally a good football team, a very good football team. This is probably a matchup that I think before the playoffs began, people were like, you know, the, the Browns and the Chiefs were able to get together in the playoffs, go head-to-head. It's going to be a great game, and I think it will be a good game. But they're traveling to face probably the best quarterback in football, Patrick Mahomes. This is more than likely going to be a shootout. I think everyone agrees with that. It's more than likely going to be a shootout because these two offenses score a ton of points in so many different ways. The Browns are more balanced as they can, as Baker Mayfield can sling it around and play great football in the passing game while he hands the ball off to the best running back tandem in football, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, who can score quite easily as Baker Mayfield can score throwing the football. The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Michael Harmon, as well as hopefully a healthy Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. Also, you got a defense with Tyron Matthew and... Chris Jones. Those are some good players, you know? Those are guys that can make an impact not only up front and on the back end. So it's going to be a tough game for Cleveland. But, you know, their defense can flip a switch at any time. But give me. Give me the Cleveland Browns. Give me the Cleveland Browns to upsets the Kansas City Chiefs and Arrowhead Stadium. I am a full believer in this squad. I I really love their balanced offense, and it's so dangerous. And I expect the Browns defense to make just enough plays like they did last week against the Steelers to get the job done. I think it will come down to a Browns game-winning final drive. For the win, Browns by three, and I will probably regret making this pick, but I'm going to do it. Give me Cleveland. I want to be different, Devin. Don't judge me. Listen, I don't. Listen, you you make your own choices, man. Uh, <laughs> listen, I can't do that, man. Um. 
So, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I think either one of the Packers or the Chiefs are going to have an issue um, getting started, especially that they have they've now had a week off. And it seems like every year teams that are playing on wildcard weekend, there's at least one that makes it to the uh, championship game. Uh, we saw it last year with the Titans. Um, so it's no longer that one, two seed matchup we're seeing anymore, really. Um, and it, it, that may be the case for the NFC or AFC. We'll see what happens. Um, but. I will say the Chiefs, we saw what happened last year. They start off the postseason really slow. Uh, they were down 24 nothing to the Houston Texans last year before they came back and ultimately won that game. Um, so I would not be surprised if the Browns came out hot. But the thing for me is that since Kansas City is so explosive, they can strike at any moment. And it only takes the Browns punting two or three times to really decide the game. So for me... And other Browns are getting uh, Denzel Ward back and, and some other players from the COVID list, which will definitely help boost their uh, ability to, to stop the passing game. But look, this is not Pittsburgh, man. They don't have an aging quarterback that is past his time to be a starting quarterback. You know, they don't have receivers that don't necessarily create separation. They got it all, man. And if Clyde Edwards Alaire is, is coming back healthy, that's even another dynamic. So I got the Kansas City Chiefs winning, man. Uh, Browns have had a great playoff run. I think they'll have a great showing against Kansas City because uh, the Browns team, they're built to uh, be balanced. And the only thing that I worry about is that their defense, uh, they're just not – I don't think it's enough, man. And I think Miles Garrett has to have a historic day for them to realistically have a chance to uh, really edge him out, especially in the fourth quarter. He has to take over the game and – um, be someone that wrecks, wrecks the game and has at least three sacks. Uh, but I, I just don't see that happening. Uh, I know Cleveland, I should have picked Cleveland to win last week. That's why I said I had no confidence in the Steelers pick last week because I knew that they could just lay an egg and they did so. Um, but I, I got the Chiefs winning this one. And that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I wouldn't fault anyone for picking the Chiefs. I just saying, there's something with Cleveland that's just like it feels like they're destined to go on a run, you know, like they're destined to go on a deep playoff run as deep as going to the Super Bowl. That it's just it you got that feeling with them, you know. Yeah, they were playing an aging quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. They were not playing a good offense last week. They weren't playing. A defense that wasn't on top of their game. They weren't playing a team. They were playing a team that was that didn't have a great coaching staff except for Mike Tomlin. But like you know, the win last week gave fans hope, gave this team hope, and they're getting healthy. They're getting players back. They're getting Kevin Stefanski back, which is huge. You you got. It's hard for me because Denzel Ward in that secondary, and if the, if Greedy Williams is able to come back as well, I, I think he's playing this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. You have those two back on the field. That's a big boost for your for covered. You need. I don't know if this is or was a couple of years ago. 
between Mahomes and Mayfield like that. We have, there's a possibility we may see that because both teams have great quarterbacks. Both teams have good, really good offenses that can win in so many different ways. It's going to be a shootout. I fully believe it's going to be a shootout. I'd be shocked if it ends up being like something like a defensive side of game where both defenses are just smothering each other or smothering each offense. You know, it's it just has the feel of someone's whoever scores last basically is going to win. It's probably it could come down to the final seconds to win this game. It it may as well come down to final seconds. If it were See, I would have more confidence if the Browns had a better kicker than Cody Parkey. But if you give the ball to Patrick Mahomes to win the game late, you know, they have Harrison Bucker, who's definitely the better kicker. I would side with Bucker in that case, but give me the Browns, man. I, I just have this feeling with them that's like they're they're just destined to have a special run. All right, this is your game, Devin. You could be seeing your quarterback play for the final time. Final game we have is Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up on the road against Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. Two all-time grades going head-to-head for what will probably be the final time. I expect this game to be a classic um, both teams are really good, and Tampa Bay has been playing some incredible football as of late. Um, Tom Brady's balling out like I've never seen him before. Um, he's like he's been accurate. He's been making incredible throws downfield. Like he's really starting to get into Bruce Arians' offense. Like he's really starting to fit in. As much as I want to see Drew Brees play in the Super Bowl and retire with a ring, I don't have trust in him to and that offense to make enough plays against Tampa Bay's good defense to win the game. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay to win. I I just think they're the better team. They have the better quarterback. Um, And with the Saints losing, that's the end of Drew Brees' career, and that's the start of a potential rebuild for the Saints roster. Um, and I think that would be a fair statement to make. Honestly, whenever the whenever the Saints get knocked out of the playoffs, whether they win this weekend and they lose in the in the NFC Championship or they go on to win the next two games and lose in the Super Bowl, I think whatever happens in this playoff, if the Saints go on to win the Super Bowl, I think a rebuild is bound to happen. I think it, it, you just – they don't. They aren't in a good place in terms of cap situation. They need to pay players. They paid Alvin Kamara. I don't know how that's going to work out. It's working out good so far, but you you you're going to need you're you're going to have to figure out cap situation, of course. And I think that means cutting or letting go your starting right tackle, who's a free agent, I believe. I don't know if he got the fifth year option or not. Um, you got guys on offense on both sides of the ball that are making a lot of money and are filling up a lot of the cap space. So it's going to be an interesting offseason for the Saints, but give me Tampa Bay to win. I mean, I'm I'm not mad about the pick at all. You know, I, I think about, you know, how the Saints have really struggled on offense this season. 
getting things going. But it just seems like the only games they've looked good this season is against Tampa Bay. So that's what makes it hard for me to be like, look, you know, the evidence shows that they play their best against this team. And I don't know why. I don't know what's the reason why they decided to play their best football against Tampa Bay. Um, I was just as stunned as the second matchup as I was the first matchup. Uh, I couldn't believe they beat Tampa 38 to three in Tampa, uh, or halfway through the season. The thing for me is, what is going to be the Saints plan to guard Antonio Brown? Because now they have that chemistry between Brady and Brown. You know, before, you know, it was like the second game that they, they those two had played together with the, the second time they played the Saints. And that was like midway through the season. So they hadn't really got a chemistry yet. They were still learning. And there was even a couple plays in that game where Brady just simply overthrew Brown. Um, And, you know, just taking really this matchup into uh, consideration, this is going to be the matchup that we've been waiting for for years in the playoffs. We've been waiting for a Drew Brees, Tom Brady playoff game. We thought it might be in the Super Bowl for a couple of seasons. Uh, 2018, more recently, we thought that might happen. But it didn't. But we're here in, in 2021 now, and we're finally getting the, this matchup between two 40-year-old quarterbacks. Um, I'm obviously going to pick the Saints in this one. And I'm picking them to win because I think they're going to finally give us what they we've been wanting all season from the offense. And last week, there were some flashes of they could really get this thing going. Uh, Alvin Kamara almost had 100 yards, and I guess the Bears defense, but they're still a solid defense, you know, even despite their offense being anemic and, and just they shouldn't have even made the playoffs with that type of offense. Uh Deontay Harris stepped up. Michael Thomas is back. Uh, he's only played 10 quarters. It's, well, now 14 quarters after last week, but they haven't really played too, too much together. Uh, I think a key will be Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, he's someone that has a ton of play of a playoff experience and uh, can make those third down catches and, and get them first down. So I think that will be the key. I think the Saints offense finally gets going. They score more than just three touchdowns, and I think they, they edge out uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks in the classic game. I knew you were picking the Saints either way. You're going to either way. You got to – look, here's the thing for me. When the Carolina Panthers are in the playoffs, and I told you this last week, I will probably pick them to win a playoff game. Keyword or keywords, a playoff game. I will be very unbiased when it comes to the playoffs. I promise you. If the Panthers make the playoffs somehow in this next season, I'll pro- I may or may not predict them to win their playoff game. It would just depend on who they're playing in the playoffs. If they're playing someone like, gosh, who, who could be, who could end up being a top team in the NFC next year? Dallas Niners. 49ers, when, once they're healthy and have a quarterback, uh, new quarterback, they trade up for Trey Lance or Zach Wilson. Sign Allen Robinson in free agency. Ooh. They, if they get the offseason right, woo-wee. Yeah. Man. If Carolina's playing the 49ers in the playoffs, a healthy 49ers team, playing great football with a good young quarterback and with good weapons – Adding Allen Robinson for you. Trey Lance versus Justin Fields? 
That would be I nice. Mean, that would be nice. Hey, hey, or Zach I like Wilson versus Justin like Fields. I, I like your thinking. You know, so for the both of us, or I don't know for you, for me, it's going to be Bills, Browns, and the AFC Championship, like I predicted last week. Um, in the NFC Championship, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, like predicted last week. I know you had Saints and Packers for the NFC Championship. You got Chiefs and Bills in the yeah. NFC or in the AFC. Even it, despite me talking about that top seeds are might not make it this season, mine's still somehow one and two. <laughs> right. But, I mean, it, it could definitely happen. But, you know, I would love to see Buffalo have that home playoff game. I would love it for my guy Joe Marino to see his favorite team, the Buffalo Bills, um, have that home playoff game. I'd love to see uh, a couple of my – some people I follow that are Browns fans, I'd love to see their team – Move on to the play, move on in the playoffs, play in the AFC championship. One win away from their first Super Bowl ever. That'd be awesome. Not going to lie. If it was the Browns and Bills in the AFC championship game, that might be the most watched game of all time. Uh huh. Cause it's yep. two starving fan bases. Um, there's going to be people that haven't watched either team in years cause they just stunk and they were going to be like, wow, you know, it's going to be crazy. You know, if that happens, look, I, I, I get. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. But I think it's going to be so freaking hard for government. Oh, yeah. They're breaking. Be like, They're... We can't have this this least amount. Of, like, we can't have 6,700 fans and say, we got to bump it up. We got to double that. At least double that. Get some Browns fans in there as well. If that were to happen, cool. That, I would, that would be probably. The game I would not want to miss, but you, the Bills could probably end up blowing out the Browns, or the Browns could end up blowing out the Bills. But I feel like that would just be an incredible football game between two teams that are just like we're tired of losing, we're tired of being out of the playoffs. We want to have, we want to make our, we want to have our moment here. Let's go, let's get to the Super Bowl. It would be a ball out brawl between those two teams. Now I don't know about the NFC because I mean you you already got your powerhouse teams like the Saints, Tampa Bay, or the Rams, Packers, like you know you got those teams, but it would be really special to see Bills, Browns in the A in the AFC Championship, both going to their first. One would be going to their first Super Bowl ever. One would be going back to the Super Bowl for the first time since the mid '90s. That that really be special and that would be an incredible football game. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to us talk football, talk NFL drive, talk playoff football. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.